Dr. Navio's Dream by Miles McInerney. Ecogenetic disorder. Rigid, membrane stiffened, mitochondria folded too tightly. Armed borders and severed communication lines. Words dim in my head. A militia of thoughts delayed in transmission. Sermon sounds like a city on the dark continent. A civil war of cells. Hi, I'm Scott Lafee for N Equals One, a podcast about science and discovery at UC San Diego. In each episode, we bring you the story of one project, one discovery, or one scientist. Today on N Equals One, we're talking about autism spectrum disorder, a potential underlying cause, and dare I say it, a possible new therapy. So the words you just heard are part of a poem called Dr. Navio's Dream, which refers to both a novel causative theory of autism and perhaps a remedy. Both are also key elements in a small phase 1-2 clinical trial whose findings were just published in the Annals of Clinical and Translational Neurology. For the next half hour or so, we're going to talk about some of the remarkable science with some remarkable guests. First is Dr. Robert Navio, Professor of Medicine, Pediatrics, and Pathology, Co-Director of the Mitochondrial and Metabolic Disease Center at UC San Diego School of Medicine, and lead author of the published study. Miles McInerney, who was involved in the clinical trial last year, and his mother, Kim Kennedy, who, full disclosure, is also my boss. Okay, so let's get started and cut right to the chase, the findings of the Phase 1-2 clinical trial. First, some facts to keep in mind. This was a small trial involving 10 boys ages 5 to 14, all with diagnosed autism. It was randomized, double-blind, and placebo-controlled. The basic idea was to infuse half of the boys, nobody knew which half, with a low dose of a drug called Suramin which was developed more than 100 years ago to treat African sleeping sickness. This is the first time Suramin has been used as a potential treatment for autism. In fact, Suramin is not approved for any therapeutic use in the United States, and it's not commercially available here. This was a safety trial, and a small one at that. It wasn't designed or intended to conclusively prove or confirm any therapeutic effect of Suramin, and yet its findings cannot be ignored. I'll let Dr. Navio describe them. Within a, a, a few weeks of starting the trial, we started to, to receive reports from family members um, that half of the children were making unexpected gains in the core symptoms of autism. Uh, this included two children who were nonverbal, who after their first dose and initially in the first week beginning to experiment um, making new noises, new sounds with their mouth and lips, a week afterwards said the first sentence of their life. At the conclusion of, the, the, of six weeks we looked at standardized measures of core symptoms of autism measured by the Autism Diagnostic Observation Schedule, ADOS, um, that looks uh, at language interaction, social interaction, and uh, repetitive and um, uh, restricted behaviors. The children who had received sermon had decreased their scores by 1.6 points, um, from 8.6 to 7. 
and the children who had received placebo had no change in, in their, their scores. Um, to put that in perspective, autism spectrum disorders are defined by having an ADOS score between 7 and 10. So that if children improve to the point where their scores b fall below 7, then they actually are able to come off spectrum. Suramin doesn't work like any drug that has ever been tried in autism before. It works at a cellular level to remove roadblocks that prevent children from interacting uh, the way that they normally would. And one of the remarkable things that we saw in half of the children, and afterwards we learned that this was the half that had received Suramin, is that in the course of one hour after an infusion, the children would transition from being focused on working with their iPads and playing with their Legos with their eyes averted, not making eye contact with any nurse or physician in the room, to where you could see their comfort zone expand to, to, to fill the room, where they started to, to make eye contact you know, with, with others. And they, they developed a kind of cheerful peacefulness, where the anxiety started to, to you know, melt away. And that was not seen in the, the children that had received placebo. And, and as I understand it, though, the, I mean, one of the, that was a profound and encouraging, dramatic effect, but it wasn't permanent. That's right. Um, this study was only a single dose of sermon, and it behaved the way that we expect, you know, all pharmacologic agents to behave in the sense that there's um, an effect that uh, rises for a, a period of time, and then as the drug wears off, those effects are lost. Okay. But this, this, this really wasn't a trial about sermon per se. It was about further investigating an idea that you and others have been pursuing for a number of years uh, involving something called the cell danger response, or CDR. What's that? The cell danger response is the natural response of cells utilizing about 30 different metabolic pathways in order to initiate the healing response and to um, protect the cells from further damage. When we classified the metabolic pathways, we found that these pathways could be utilized. They were, whether a child had been infected by a virus, exposed to a toxin, or even in certain single gene disorders that can lead to um, an increased risk of, of autism. We then began looking for a way that the CDR could be regulated, and we made a second discovery that the CDR can be maintained by uh, extracellular ATP signaling, purine signaling, and that we might be able to regulate that response by uh, finding a drug that could inhibit the cell danger response um, by binding to those cell surface receptors and potentially sending a cellular signal that the danger has passed and healing can uh, again proceed. So one way that I've heard it described by you in the past is that when the CDR is triggered, uh, cells sort of throw up the walls, pull, pull up the uh, gates that allow them to communicate with other cells, whether they're neurons or in the intestinal tract or wherever, uh, and they kind of batten down the hatches and, and just don't function 
normally because they perceive some kind of threat. So cells do what nations do when they go to war. They physically harden their borders and distrust their neighbors. And that decreases the conversation that's absolutely required between cells for normal development. Tell me, how does Suramin relate to CDR? What's the interconnection there? What Suramin does is it acts almost like a molecular armistice therapy, where it signals the cell that the danger is gone, that the borders you know, can, can be reopened, and that cells can begin to you know, make connections uh, with one another again, and to restart the, the process of development and growth. So I came through genetics. I mean, that's actually you know my day job is in you know genetics, in, in <laughs> and metabolism, and genetics. So, but I was struck by how genetics, strong genetic factors, could only explain part of it. It's only part, part of, of the story. Yeah, and 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 that the, the the majority of the story was actually ecogenetics. That you know the the first word Miles poem. Okay, it's the interaction of the gene our genes and the environment. environment. So who was in this trial of sermon? How did it work? In, in order to, to conduct this trial, we interviewed 20, 20 boys, ages four to, to 17, and we needed to be able to find pairs of boys that matched by autism severity, major, measured by ADOS, by age, and by IQ. We had some exclusion criteria, so some two of the boys uh, of, the, of the 20 were on prescription medicines, so they were um, excluded from the study. And we had uh, one boy who you know, traveled from North LA and any, anyone over 90 minutes from the testing center in, in La Jolla was excluded because of the way long car travel can influence behaviors. And we had 16 boys who were technically qualified, and we looked for pairs within those 16. And we were able to match 10, so find five pairs, and six boys we were unable to find a match for, and Miles was one of those boys. So we were able to, to begin the study with those 10 boys and five pairs that were randomized either to receive placebo or serum. So l let me ask Miles this question. Why did you decide to apply and participate in the trial? I have always been interested in uh, how autism impacts the way I learn and those who also have autism. Um, I think autism kind of impacts each chill, uh, children on the spectrum in a different way. Um, for me, I am fairly verbal. However, I do struggle with being in groups of people or public places and not getting overwhelmed like in airports or uh, just giant areas of people and not exactly having an instruction from anyone, I start to gain anxiety and it can make me start to uh, freak out and want me to just disappear. Um, you know when we used to joke about your happy dance? Uh, that, yeah. that you used to, that Miles had this dance that he yeah. used to do until probably what like a year ago like when you would do your kind of you know it was this kind of repetitive behavior like when you would go in the zone you know and and we would always be like joking around when he was little we used to call it the bumblebee dance then it became the happy dance and now you're too big to do it and i'm kind of interested in helping to find a treatment for those 
uh, children who are not um, for as verbal as myself and uh, can't share their ideas and thoughts with their family or other kids. And, like, if I have problems in, like, huge um, groups of people, then others have even issues with smaller groups, then I really want to help them in any way possible. So hopefully this research will lead to treatments that unlock the worlds that these children live in and helps them to better communicate with not only their families, but also can lead to them making friends and long-term uh, relationships, which they can um, go live with their entire lives. I know that one thing that has come up in multiple discussions, uh, both in the community and between you and Miles, is uh, the future of this therapy, if in fact sermon or something like it uh, does effectively treat autism, and that, you know, it, the need seems obvious, but it's a complicated need, and not everybody wants exactly the same thing. Um, if Suramin or a similar drug were eventually approved, uh, first I'll ask Miles, what would you do? What would you think about doing next? Um, I would be interested to see if these uh, treatments, like Suramin or a similar drug, could um, benefit me with some of the negative aspects of autism while retaining the positive attributes that I think autism has given to me. Like, um, for example, to get um, help me in larger situations, have more confidence in myself and uh, believe like I don't need to always have certain directions to tell me what to do and that I can try and make, my, make more choices without fearing that uh, fearing that everything's gonna turn out badly, and I would something I think that I've benefited from having autism is um, the ability to focus, and I'm kind of hoping that that could be an aspect that could uh, stay um, while having anxiety in large groups could um, maybe help this certain or maybe other um, drug could help me um, get get rid of. And um, while slightly concerned about um, changing my personality, my interests, or my ability to focus, I'm still very interested in doing whatever is necessary to further improve um, drugs or any form of solution that could help those with more severe autism than myself be able to better communicate with the world they live in. And, and what about, um, what, what are your thoughts, because I know you've thought about this as well as Miles, about concerns of, you know, you talk about removing roadblocks and actually opening up vistas, not, not you know, revealing what's already there that has perhaps been concealed by uh, the autism condition. So it, it, it's really, I mean, to Miles' concern about not losing something of what he likes and, and, and what makes him him. Right. But, but the longer that you wait, then the more you start to think about, and we talked about this Miles was saying about, you know, you don't necessarily want to want to have the outcome be perfect. Do you know what I mean? See, that's and such then, an important point because it's something that actually, it is a very common sentiment among, among high-functioning teens and adults with autism that I want to I want to to 
address because mm -hmm. it, it is absolutely something that is very important to me to have you know people understand that you know we're trying to, to allow people to to celebrate their differences the things that allow them to excel without forcing any treatment on anyone anyone you know has the the right to, to self-determination to choose or not choose and what Suriman we think will allow people to do is actually be able to do those things that they've gifts that they have okay without being with, without the core symptoms, because it's actually not the core symptoms of autism that are the gifts that allow the, the children to be a poet or paint a masterpiece or compose uh, a symphony or to solve a mathematical problem in a way that nobody else has solved before. And I, I think that many, many teens and adults would be happy if they felt more comfortable in in going to new social situations and, and were able to to convey their ideas without uh, you know the struggles that so many have um, as part of the core symptoms of autism mm -hmm. so we're very we want everybody to to understand that this is a treatment option um, that is mostly designed for the other extreme, the children who are nonverbal and have many struggles now and, and may grow up to be adults who are nonverbal. So the, the way that um, we see this is that the children's natural abilities actually uh, become uh, unburdened. They, where instead of competing with a, a an anxiety that's produced by you know the the anticipation of new social encounters um, they're able to actually focus on their unique talents that allow them to to um, see the world in different ways some children will have a feeling of pain to touch or to bright colors or to loud sounds that that other children do not have and those are things that we think can be normalized when the cell danger response is regulated and the children can return to a cellular condition where of essentially peacetime where cellular energy resources can now be allocated for normal growth and development instead of for cellular defense So we've become very good at treating the things that can kill you fast, break a leg, but modern medicine is not as good in treating diseases that either kill you slowly or change your life forever. Chronic, yeah. Okay. And ultimately, we believe that if we can help people that are stuck in those chronic diseases to reactivate healing, that it's we don't have to treat them for life. It'll be like the support of a, a cast around a broken leg for six weeks that you take off. Initially, the leg is, is a little weaker because the muscles are atrophied, but in another three months, you're actually the bone is stronger than it was before.
after the healing. It's kind of like if you think about, we were talking about this idea of filtering, that what you keep, if, if Miles was to say, participate tomorrow, mm -hmm. you know, and you could filter out the anxiety and the, the kind of probably eye contact communication skills, but you could keep all the other parts that, that currently kind of work. Wouldn't it be like having braces? You know what I mean? Like if you did it, it's like, because you know, nobody thinks, everybody assumes every kid in America is going to have braces at some point because we have access to it mm -hmm. and everybody can have braces. But nobody thinks that if you actually had a chronic condition or a chronic something like autism or whatever, that you could, you know, go for your treatment, you know, once a year on your, you know, your birthday that then kind of, depending on your dose, would keep you so that you could be in school and you could, you know, function and like you could have dinner with your family and have a conversation. I'm not saying everybody has to be super brilliant, but just right. that level of functioning would really help a lot of people. But and that's what we're going for. That's yeah. what we're going for. So people like you, unfortunately, Miles, you're on the cusp. You're on your own. <laughs> <laughs>
history of Pachacuten to write about a current issue that's occurring in the world, and I helped um, someone who was struggling with creating um, creating topics about um, I th think it was about the um, Arab Spring and talking to the, um, helping them come up with ideas about different factors about why it occurred besides like the ones they could only find and they were kind of um, trying to find more answers about and yeah because you do what you go deep or you go like what what what, what do you think the things that you think are really good about the autism well like I think something that I've benefited from autism is that I might I tend to have an easier time focusing, like, um, or I'm more focused on a certain topic that sometimes other people find either A, they kind of get, they kind of find boring, or B, they kind of just aren't interested in. Like, um, I find all the different um, interactions in uh, Iraq to be very interesting, like about the government's position about the militias, and most people just kind of look at them. They're like, "But," and I just find it interesting because it's like these little jigsaw pieces that you have to put together and figure out. Because the Iraqi jigsaw is very um, spread out, and it has it's going to take a longer amount of time to put back together. Because he's so interested in issues, yeah, it was like it, like the, the the leap was like really easy conceptually to understand because he equated it to Iran, Iraq, or any other zero other one you're into Sudan at the moment, you know, those types of things. The wonderful thing that you described, Miles, about being able to drill down to into details um, that escape other people is at the very heart of some of the most creative science that is done in the world. It's, you know, the, the scientists who can really drill down into a, into a topic and then be able to see the connections with apparently unrelated topics um, ends up being at the very heart of creativity um, and scientific discovery. So it's, it is actually something you point out that sometimes people don't think that what you've identified, you know, could possibly be related to a, you know an important topic, but in the end, they find that it was essential. Yeah. So what happens next, Doctor Navio? The next step um, will be to uh, begin raising money for a larger clinical trial that will um, involve about forty children. Um, that in order to definitively find if Suramen can improve the core symptoms of autism uh, in the children that are treated compared to placebo. And also to be able to um, look for uh, rare side effects that we are unable to see in just a study of 10 children. There's a particular story that, that is poignant that I want to tell. I want to tell. Um, back in 2013, when we published our first mouse study using Suramen um, to treat autism-like symptoms, within one month we received several hundred um, uh, inquiries. But the very first 
inquiry we received was from a mother of a, a child with autism who was in his teenage years, so he was 16 at the time. We were unable to get the study started until two years later. Um, and he came with a, came to, to uh, volunteer to participate. But unfortunately, in just the, the month before, he had turned 18. Okay. And so he was unable to participate because you know he had aged out. And that you know, just made us aware of the, the real clock that, that, that families face with, you know, with, who are meeting the challenges of autism um, is we need new, safe, effective treatments to, to help families. Obviously, these are early days. This was a small trial with just a few participants and a narrow goal, but it's opened up some really interesting questions about autism that will require much larger and longer trials to answer. It's safe to say that Dr. Navio and colleagues have a lot of work ahead of them, and hopefully we'll have many more follow-up episodes on this. In the meantime, you can read more about this study and others like it at health.ucsd.edu slash news. You can also visit the Navio Lab webpage and contribute to the research at NavioLab, N-A-V-I-A-U-X-L-A-B.ucsd.edu. Thanks for joining us on N equals 1. We'll close with Miles' poem, followed by a bit of poetry that Dr. Navio wrote in response. Enjoy. Dr. Navio's Dream by Miles McInerney. Ecogenetic disorder. Rigid, membrane stiffened, mitochondria folded too tightly. Armed borders and severed communication lines. Words dim in my head. A militia of thoughts, delayed in transmission. Sherman sounds like a city on the dark continent. A civil war of cells. Cell danger response. Retreat, hostile fire, papers kept in formation and uniform. Pencils laid out like green mechanical outcasts. Designated for my trial mission. Winding extracellular pathways end, North or South Sudan. Hardening borders, words on paper, a cluttered mess of anarchy. Each action of my writing and thinking taking twice as long, cells fumble a compromise. The transmission continues to stutter. Cellular signals lost in a halo of metal lights a language with only one translator. Immune response, neurological bureaucracy. Mitokins meditate in another language. The power plant of communication shut down, unplugged. Mitochondria shuffle, a melee of signals clash. Maneuver by one another, barely missing, reaching, unable to touch. A civil war of cells. Suriman hired to negotiate the peace treaty between my cells, arrange the militia at the table, enter a compromise agreement, establish the signaling system, end the war, negotiate the border treaty, establish the freedom of passage. So, this is a, a poem 
that I call Shatter the Glass by Robert Navio. Shatter the glass, the boundaries that separate, like brother and sister, stranger and friend. Sells greeting, welcoming, reaching across the uncertain void to celebrate their differences and their gifts, unique and stronger together, finding voice for the beauty inside.